for Business podcast with me, Lauren Snell, where we take the lessons from evidence-based academic research, most particularly involving the brain, behavioral and organizational sciences, and translate them in a way that's accessible for leaders and organizations. As always, make sure to follow us on Twitter at brain for biz and LinkedIn, or else we look forward to your feedback and comments by email to laurie at brainforbusiness.ie. Sometimes the challenges facing humanity are beyond the scope or remit of just one person or indeed one organization. Often termed grand challenges, these problems might be bigger, more impactful, or simply require greater resources to resolve. Equally, their resolution might need more coordinated efforts and collaboration across a wider range of stakeholders to ensure that they are effectively addressed. In more recent times, and perhaps fitting with the times we live in, the term grand innovation challenges has also been used. And to explore this further, I am delighted to be joined on the Brain for Business podcast by Professor Vera Rocha of Copenhagen Business School. Vera Rocha is Associate Professor in Economics and Management of Innovation and Entrepreneurship at Copenhagen Business School. Vera's research is at the intersection of entrepreneurship, strategic human capital, and labor market inequality. Among other questions, Vera has been studying the determinants of career transitions into entrepreneurship, the causes and implications of hiring strategies as firms emerge and mature, how entrepreneurial activity can affect both individual careers and society at large, and how organizations contribute to expand or reduce labor market inequalities. In addition to all of this, Vera is co-editor-in-chief at the journal Industry and Innovation and serves on the editorial review board of Strategic Entrepreneurship Journal, Journal of Business Venturing, and Small Business Economics. Vera, welcome to Brain for Business. Thank you so much, Lawrence, for having me. I'm delighted to be here today. We're delighted to have you, and in particular, we're keen to to explore something that you discuss in a recent issue of the, the journal I mentioned, Industry and Innovation. And in particular, in the journal, you focus specifically on this idea of grand innovation challenges. What motivated that particular focus? That's, that's a, a great question to start with today. I think there were a, a couple of motivations for us to, to do this special issue in the first place and for us to focus on grand innovation challenges. So maybe the first motivation for us to do a special issue was um, the fact that industry and innovation changed the editorial team. Mm -hmm. And uh, together with uh, Alessandra Perry, who is um, an associate professor at Lewis Business School in Rome, the two of us took over the leadership of industry and innovation after Christoph Krimpe, who was the former editor-in-chief. And whenever we, we make changes in the editorial board of the journal, it, it is a tradition, you know, to, to set up new focus themes, to bring attention to areas that we need more research on. And we thought that it was a good moment for us to do that. So this was one of the first tasks that Alessandra and I embraced when we took over the leadership of the journal, and we identified a few areas that need more attention. These have to do with innovation for green transition, innovation in the digital era, and responsible innovation. So we thought it's a great idea to maybe organize a special issue around these new focus themes. And to start with, we organized PDW, so a paper development workshop, 
in one of the conferences that many of us uh, innovation scholars attend, uh, at least especially in Europe, which is the Druid Conference. And we had very productive conversations back in 2022 with a team of you know, experts on, on these different topics. So this was the starting point. And at the same time, we realized that industry and innovation is becoming mature. And actually the journal turned 30 years old in 2023. So why not plan the publication of the special issue around the anniversary of the journal so we can not only celebrate the 30 years of innovation research published by the journal, take stock, think about what we have been uh, doing research about, but also take the opportunity to set up an agenda for the next 30 years and at the same time give us, Alessandra and myself, an opportunity to write an editorial about, you know, these new topics or topics that, of course, are not the only topics we want research to focus on, but topics that we believe deserve more attention. And these are, you know, the main origins or the main motivations for this special issue on grand innovation challenges. Well, g given that, perhaps you might then tell us what are grand innovation challenges? How, how do you define them? How do you understand them? Of course, I think that that's, uh, that's important to clarify because I think grand challenges in itself is, is not a new term and research on grand challenges has been spreading for the last decade, to say the least. So actually in our editorial, what we do is to build very much on this research on grand challenges more broadly that has been published across at least management and economics journals, to say the least, to try to build on this stream of research and see how we can adapt what we know from this stream of work to nurture a better understanding of grand innovation challenges. So if we start from what grand challenges are, mm -hmm. broadly speaking, these have been defined as highly significant, unresolved, but potentially solvable problems that affect a large number of individuals. And examples of grand challenges, we can think, of course, of refugee crisis, wars, exploitative labor, poverty, climate change, just to list you know, some examples. So these are challenges that are pressing to solve, that affect very many people. There is high uncertainty in how to solve them. Finding solutions for them requires coordinated efforts, as you said in the beginning. And in some cases, innovation, the act of finding solutions through new products, processes, or ideas, can play a role in addressing at least some of these major challenges. At the same time, innovation can also have a dark side and can have side effects, unintended consequences, that can also emerge as you know, different actors try to put together solutions for those same innovation efforts. So that's why in this editorial, we try to invite scholars to think more seriously about grand innovation challenges. And they differ from broad grand challenges. I'm just curious because you gave some examples of, of what might be considered grand challenges. Mm -hmm. And as you're doing that, I was thinking to myself that a, a lot of those, you know, you can imagine 
fresh thinking. So innovation thinking being really helpful in terms of addressing, you know, there, there have been wars throughout the centuries and they keep coming around. So maybe a different approach to resolving them, for, for example, or the, or the climate crisis. But if we, we were to step more specifically to, to grand innovation challenges, what, what might be some examples that mm. listeners could possibly relate to? The, the special issue puts together five original articles. Each of them deals with specific innovation challenges. And for example, innovating for the green transition is, is one of those. So one of the papers, for example, focuses on net zero innovation. But maybe before I even go into specific examples, mm. I could elaborate a little bit more on how we conceive or how we conceptualize grand innovation challenges sure. as a phenomenon and how they differ from more like broader grand challenges. So what we do in the editorial to guide you know, further research is to, to walk the readers through different attributes that uh, make a challenge a grand challenge. And for that, we of course build very much on prior research on grand challenges more broadly. And then we try to borrow some of the, you know, theories and concepts that were developed to then to transport them into the space of innovation. And what prior research has done is to identify five main attributes that define and characterize grand challenges. And the very first has to do with the type of phenomenon that we are thinking about. And, and here the literature is not very consensual mm. because some studies think more seriously about the problems that need to be solved. Other scholars and other studies focus more on the solutions that need to be accomplished for those problems. In this special issue and this editorial in particular, we, we, we try to establish a bridge between these two sides of the literature and focus more on the efforts that are required by different types of agents to produce ambitious, innovative outcomes that can benefit society and solve some challenges. So for example, if I go back to the example I just gave you before, net zero innovation is one of these efforts that many, many firms right now are dealing with, are trying to put together in order to achieve deep decarbonization goals and counteract climate change. So this is one of the starting points that we need to think about to understand what grand innovation challenges are. Then other attributes that make a challenge, a grand innovation challenge, have to do with the scale of the phenomena and the scale of the efforts required. And here we have to think about both time and geography. So if we think about time, time-wise, grand innovation challenges are open-ended phenomena, open-ended efforts that extend over long periods of time. So it's unclear when it starts, when it ends. If we think about climate change, we are now putting you know, targets for 2030 and adjusting for 2040. And we don't know if we will be done by then, right? So it's very unclear when these efforts will be closed or will be done and we will be you know, in a new trajectory. And the same happens in terms of space. So these are challenges and efforts that are global or if not global, at least they span multiple geographies. They, they affect multiple actors that are located in different places, locations, jurisdictions, institutional contexts. So we are thinking about efforts that need to be coordinated among multiple actors across multiple locations and that span long periods of time. 
And to conclude, other aspects that also make a challenge, a grand challenge and a grand innovation challenge has to do with where the solutions for these challenges come from. So if we think about the locus of solutions to grand innovation challenges, we actually realize that they come from multiple actors, as you also mentioned in the very beginning, that need to work together in a very coordinated effort. So this involves organizations, governments, policymakers, inventors, entrepreneurs, employees. So these coordinated efforts speak directly to the complexity of coming up with solutions to these innovation challenges. And lastly, this also requires, if we want to think about how we study these grand innovation challenges, what level of analysis do we need to embrace? Because, you know, these multi-actor coordinated efforts actually span multiple levels. We are thinking about micro level, but also macro level. So what we encourage very much scholars to, to embrace is, you know, a multi-level type of analysis moving forward, but never ever neglecting the micro level analysis, because that's where we get the analytical depth to understand what challenges individuals, organizations, decision makers face, and how, you know, more macro levels interact in coming up with these coordinated efforts, coming up with solutions to eventually tackle these big problems. So this, this was all a bit, you know, abstract, but I think that if we think about, you know, specific grand innovation challenges that specific mm. papers in the special issue address, this can, can make it a bit clearer if you wish. Perhaps do, do that. Cause I know you, you mentioned say net zero as, as being yeah. a specific thing and and clearly that links to to the environment, to climate change, which it's it's more than me, it's more than you, it's more than both of us together, it's more than our individual countries, it's it's a global thing. So there, I guess there has to be by definition that 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 broader action and it, it lends itself to the grand innovation challenge framework. Exactly. What other examples might you suggest that come out of the, the journal? So I don't think I had the chance to actually mention in the beginning what are the, the three new focus themes of the journal, right? So it's innovation in the green transition, in the digital era, and responsible innovation, and the intersection between corporate responsibility, social value creation, and innovation. So I talked already a bit about the climate change and the green transition. So digital innovation is another space where, you know, a lot is going on and a lot is yet to discover. So some of the papers in, in the special issue are fitting under this umbrella. And one particular paper, for example, deals directly with challenges associated with digital innovation. So one of these papers uses data from Upwork. Uh, so this is a platform that has connected millions of workers with firms online. So these platforms like Upwork, made online labor markets a new reality. And it should, if we think about it at first glance, it should solve many problems. So firms now have a much easier access to human capital that they may lack in their location. On the other side of the markets, people can work remotely and have flexible schedules and combine you know, multiple work appointments that allow them to earn multiple money. So. It all looks like, you know, a rosy, perfect place to be. And 
labor contracts should just function very smoothly. But actually, this particular study that uh, uses data from Upwork uncovers some of the dark sides of digital platforms because when we would think that, for example, the types of contracts that these online labor market platforms allow to set up, some of these contracts have features that were initially intended to make you know, the contracts more effective, more productive. For example, on the client side, the firm side, you can monitor virtually the work that is being done by the freelancer. You can also hire multiple freelancers to do the same task. So you can actually impose some competition between them. On the freelancer side, you also can you know, do short-term tasks and, um, and focus your efforts on, on those aspects. So all these attributes that were believed to be you know, good things mm. were actually turned out to to be unproductive and to trigger negative behavior or negative perceptions and unintended behavior that makes both sides of the market perceive, you know, success to be um, lower and and to trigger dissatisfaction among both sides of the market. So this this paper in particular, you know, uncovers some of the negative sides uh, and, and make us rethink about how we should regulate, how we should design these platforms. I can give you another example that is not part of the special issue, but is uh, is part of my own work that I have been doing sure. uh, in one of my projects and has to do, again, with digital platforms like Airbnb. And we think that, you know, by allowing people to share resources that they, they don't use online is, is can be beneficial for so many, right? You give more options to to hosts that cannot find, you know, whatever they are looking for. You can also allow people to have a more efficient use of resources that they don't use. You can allow you and me to have you know, an extra source of income. But then if we don't regulate these platforms, and this, of course, you, know, you already see that it involves different levels of analysis, different actors, unintended consequences can, can take place. Uh, and studies show that, for example, discrimination takes place, inequality takes place in, this, in these platforms. In our particular project, we look at, for example, how Airbnb triggers tax evasion and how this you know, creates an, an, another problem that was not perhaps thought through so, so much when these platforms were introduced. And, and this, of course, triggers then changes that have to do with regulation that involve you know, policymakers and other levels of analysis. So these are just examples, and I can only recommend, you know, for other examples, our listeners, they should check out the, the five great papers that we have included in the special <laughs> issue that span different grand innovation challenges and um, different empirical settings for more inspiration. Uh, as you're saying, something like, you know, wars and you know, to an extent, and I don't wish to minimize what's happening in the moment, but but the climate has always been changing in different ways over thousands, millions of years. Although obviously human impact has, has been significant over the last, last couple of hundred years. But if we take a, an historical perspective, have there always been these grand innovation challenges? Or is that something that has perhaps emerged more recently in more modern societies and, and possibly as a consequence of you know, whether we talk about globalization or societies becoming much more interlinked via the internet and, and other technologies? 
Yeah, that that's a good point. Also a difficult question. So it's a grand question. <laughs> so of course, grand innovation challenges are not a new thing. They have existed for a long time, but I think they were different. As you said, the world is more connected now and technological progress has evolved so much. So we, we are now dealing with AI and the of course, the challenges imposed by AI didn't exist in the past many years ago. So I think that these challenges are just evolving into becoming more pressing, more complex because of all these rapid developments that are surrounding us. Some of these problems are new to us. Some exist already for a long time. But I think the solutions to those problems also may evolve, may differ over time. The challenges that, for example, individuals or firms face may be different than the, the obstacles they faced in the past. The policy that is needed is may also need to evolve. So the efforts that are required, the type of stakeholders that need to be coordinated in these you know, combined efforts changes over time. So I think that the, the grand innovation challenges are, are here to stay in the sense that you know they, they are long-term. It's unclear when they will be tackled in an effective way. Most likely new innovation challenges will come up uh, and they, they just tend to become complex. Many of them are more urgent to address than others. So it's not a new phenomenon in, in a way, but it's a different, you know, evolving phenomenon. In the special issue, which we, we've mentioned, you highlight the need to, to shift perspective to a, a quest for good rather than a quest for cool. And I'm thinking, say, about you know, the focus that Silicon Valley often likes to put on things. It's all about you know, the, late, the coolest thing and the late, latest thing. But why do, do you think that shift is important to focus on, on the good and, and something that is, I guess, beneficial? Yeah. That's that's a great question. So the quest for cool, as we we label it, was was sort of an initiative initiated by the former editor in chief Christoph, and an initiative that was successfully pursued. Uh, so back in the days, this quest for cool was basically a call for uh, research that few have done before, and that is ahead of its time. So. Things that are, you know, exciting to read, interesting, novel, novel theoretical contributions that are also interesting, that excite our readers. And I, I don't think that Industry and Innovation was the only journal doing that. So we actually can find many editorials out there from very good journals that kind of ask for the same. So uh, where is the hook in your research? Why should I keep reading your papers, right? Mm. So it needs to be interesting. It needs to be cool. But with this special issue, so what we also want to emphasize is that we are not changing this quest. We don't want research to become boring. Of course not. We just want to add an extra layer to this quest. And we call it a quest for good uh, because we want to encourage academic work that is not only interesting and novel, but also relevant, that has impact. Because many times we see many papers that are super interesting, but are they equally relevant as they are interesting. What is the impact? What can I do with these findings? So given the many pressing transformations that describe our time, we believe that we need to nurture more of this research that you know can produce findings that can help economies, organizations, decision makers achieve sustainable development goals, 
address obstacles that may prevent them from achieving those goals. So that's that's what we mean with this quest for good. So it's just a slightly revised version of the previous quest for cool <laughs> that industry and innovation was already known for. And yeah, so it's not a replacement, it's just a revision of this quest. So research that can be impactful. <laughs> And thinking about that word impactful, and you also, in your, your comments, uh, use the word re relevance. What's the, what's the impact? What's the relevance for, you know, for people who are outside academia, for leaders, for organizations? What's the, the, the impact and relevance for them when it comes to this whole area of grand innovation challenges? In other words, you know, what, why should they care? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that there are at least two main reasons why this matters for leaders and organizations. Uh, why should they take grand innovation challenges seriously? So I think that the first one that is quite obvious is that those leaders and the organizations that they lead can play a role in either exacerbating or mitigating grand innovation challenges, depending on the strategies they, they implement, their broader practices, their routines. So these organizations and their leaders need to think very carefully about the roles, their responsibilities in this process, because they can they can be accountable and they can be uh, responsible for you know not achieving certain targets or 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 for making progress. And the second reason that is of course not independent, it's related to these, is that uh, you know innovation can have a dual role. It it can be many times a double-edged sword because it can help address urgent problems and complex problems on the one hand, but it can also magnify several challenges that already exist. So it can have a dark side. It, it can trigger many unintended consequences. So creating awareness around this duality among leaders and organizations is essential uh, for us to be able to you know, trigger more responsible innovation and social value creation. And I guess if nothing else, particularly when we think about things from a corporate social responsibility perspective, organizations and the people who lead them are also part of society and, and are impacted by, you know, net zero, by digital transformation, AI, et cetera, as well. And that, I guess, leads me to, to the next question, which is, you know, how can society better address these grand innovation challenges? Is it about you know, leaving it up to the really smart people uh, undertaking basic science? Or actually, is there a place for society to get involved and to contribute? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's a, a great point. I think that one of the key messages of this special issue is precisely the need for a different orchestration of efforts as we tackle grand innovation challenges. These challenges cannot be resolved by individual actors or single organizations. So uh, solving these challenges requires mobilizing entire communities and multiple groups of actors. Actually, the last paper of the special issue provides a very fresh perspective precisely on this topic because it highlights the value of open social innovation. So again, two streams of research, very rich by now, have been pushing you know, the frontier on open innovation and social innovation. And what this last paper in the special issue does is to merge and provide an, in, an integration between these two streams and call for more 
multi-stakeholder cross-sector collaborations that can produce ideas and solutions with societal impact. So we believe together, like together with all the authors that have contributed to this special issue, that it's more than ever important to establish bridges between stakeholders from the public sector, for profit organizations, non-profit organizations, and even civil society in this quest for innovative solutions for the multiple grand challenges that we have been talking about. Mm. But then orchestrating these efforts is also you know, a key part of the, the process because securing an effective collaboration and coordination among all these stakeholders is, is quite complicated. So this, and all these are part of a big, complex and very important ecosystem that needs to function really well. Given that complexity, and as you said, that ecosystem that, that needs to function really well, isn't there a risk that these grand innovation challenges just seem overwhelming? I mean, there, there's already quite a bit out there about, you know, particularly younger people just being overwhelmed by the magnitude of climate change and the potential implications. And, you know, that's not a new thing. I remember back in the, the 80s, younger people were quite overwhelmed by the idea of nuclear war breaking out. So it's it's not a new psychological phenomenon. But, but nonetheless, isn't there a risk that it could just be seen to be too overwhelming? Yeah, I think there is. I mean, these are wicked problems. So what, what we tend to, to, to label as weak, wicked problems that are, you know, very complex. They typically involve high degrees of uncertainty, complexity. They are changing all the time. Mm. At the same time, I, I can see, at least among my students, that they are very much motivated to be part of, you know, the efforts that are yet to be made to, to find solutions for these challenges. I see that very much in my master students, in the type of master thesis that they are, you know, putting together. And they are very much motivated by, you know, understanding what is going on and how they can tackle this, these challenges. So I think that, as I mentioned before, there is the need for an orchestration of collective efforts to make ends meet. And this encompasses younger generations as well. So they, they should, it's great that they feel motivated and they should not be, you know, uh, if, if, if inertia comes from those young generations, then it's a big problem, right? Sure. It's another grand challenge. <laughs> but in a way, I think that even though these are very complex problems, they, they are not impossible to solve. So they are solvable. They just require many efforts from many many actors that need to be very much aligned in their incentives because these actors will, of course, have different priorities, different goals. And if there is no alignment, no orchestration between them, then it's it will be, of course, difficult to, to come up with them with solutions. But I think that broadly speaking, if we think about the messages in the special issue, they tend to be even though they create awareness around the many problems that are out there that still need action, the, the tone is positive in the sense that, you know, there is hope in many, many dimensions and avenues. And the different articles also pinpoint directions for scholars to contribute, for organizations to think about where they, they need to put their priorities and their efforts. So in a way, I don't think that, you know, it's it's not over. It's actually the beginning, you know, that mm. we, we should feel ready to, you know, to tackle these challenges. 
definitely a a positive note to uh, to almost finish on and, and as we are finishing up if people wanted to find out more about the special issue but also about your your own research is there anywhere particularly you could suggest they go of course i think that the the easiest way to find more about my research would be to go to the webpage of Copenhagen Business School, where I'm based. I am part of the Department of Strategy and Innovation. Uh, so there, there is more information about uh, my profile and there are links to my Google Scholar page. So people can, can have a look at my prior work and my ongoing work. I'm also on LinkedIn um, and uh, on other social media platforms like Twitter. And I think that a lot gets shared on these platforms these days, like even before the papers get published, right? So we get to know what people are working on by, you know, following each other. So I I, I can only encourage people to to keep in touch and to, to connect with me if they wish. And I would be very happy to. And uh, the same goes for industry and innovation. So uh, more information can be found about the journal on the website of Taylor and Francis, our publisher. But we are also very much present on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Blue Sky. So we have actually a team of very committed and brilliant uh, social media editors <laughs> doing a great job in uh, disseminating the research we publish and uh, advertising information about the many initiatives of the journal. So um, I can only encourage everyone to, to keep an eye and to, to connect. That sounds great. And I will, of course, put links to those various uh, places, both for yourself uh, and for the journal into the show notes. Professor Vera Rocha of Copenhagen Business School, thanks for your time. It's been great speaking to you. Thank you so much for having me. It has been a pleasure. Mm-hmm.